Welcome, everybody, to the American Shoreline Podcast. My name is Peter Ravel. I'm the co-host of this show. And my name's Tyler Buckingham. I'm the other co-host. What a great show we have today, Tyler, the uh, executive director of the International Oceans Film Festival is here today, Anna Blanco. Anna, welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast. Thank you for having me. Anna, it's great to have you here. Uh, and of course, we are so excited to be coming out to the Bay Area, to San Francisco, to participate and take in this year's festival. Uh, and we really look forward to talking to you all about it, the history, uh, what we have on tap this year, and and what it's like running this awesome uh, festival that leads the world in, in ocean film work. Uh, but before we get into that, let's uh, hear a quick word from our sponsors. Uh, we've got three sponsors on the American Shoreline Podcast Network, our faithful supporters who make all of this possible. Dune Doctors out of Pensacola, Florida, outstanding form, firm for dune restoration with natural dune plants all along the Gulf Coast and in Florida's Atlantic Shoreline. DuneDoctors.com. Reach out to Frederic Barisset and her team. I'd also like to thank TI Coastal Services out of Wilmington, North Carolina, a, an exquisite coastal engineering firm. If you're there on the Carolina coast and you need coastal engineering services, you should really go to TICoastal.com and learn more about these guys. They do a great job on budget, responsible, exactly the kind of engineering firm you would want working in your community, TI Coastal Services. And LJA Engineering with 28 offices around the uh, great state of Texas. Uh, my good friend Bill Worsham leads the Coastal Engineering Division at LJA Engineering. Find them at LJA.com. Well, Anna, uh, it is truly great to have you on our show and to share with our listeners on the American Shoreline Podcast Network what the International Ocean Film Festival is. Let's just dive right into us. Tell us the story of IOFF. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a real joy to be here and talk about the festival. Um, so we started back in 2004 at the Dolphin Club in San Francisco. And the Dolphin Club is one of the oldest rowing and swimming clubs in the United States. And they are located along Aquatic Park, which is along the northern waterfront of San Francisco. And these are the crazy guys that go swimming in Aquatic Park where it's shallow, but yet uh, they have a tradition of only swimming without wetsuits. So as you can imagine, the water is very cold, um, but they have a huge following and lots of members. And um, back in 2004, a bunch of them got together in your classic nonprofit kitchen table style and came together and said, let's start a film festival specifically about the oceans. Yeah, I'm curious to know what about film uh, captivated them. You know, I think it's, um, there's, well, you know, there's a couple of film festivals here in San Francisco that have a really long running, uh, the Mill Valley Film Festival, the San Francisco International, both of them, you know, anywhere from 40 to 60 years. So um, film is just a wonderful way to tell a story. And they, we just, they decided that we needed to tell more stories about the ocean, about how we engage with it, about how we protect it. We basically decided that the ocean needs a voice, and what better way to do that than through film? 
And so that's kind of what launched it. Um, and it began as an all-volunteer organization and to this day is primarily a volunteer-driven group. Um, so we have a lot of people who are just passionate about the ocean and that can come in so many different forms, which I think is one of the best parts about the festival. It's um, the variety of people and interest and purpose for wanting to collect, protect and celebrate the ocean is what I find so inspiring and so fascinating. Uh, it just keeps, there just keeps, there are just more and more topics and subject matters and issues that need to be discussed. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, I love the phrase, the ocean needs a voice. And uh, it's a very complex space. And uh, so does the coastline, of course. And uh, having the attention of creative people examining uh, the many, many issues that uh, arise in our use management and enjoyment of the world's oceans is really, I think you're quite right. It's an endless topic. And uh, like we say, at sort of at uh, Coastal News today uh, is there is a lot happening on the shoreline. There is a lot happening in the ocean. We expect so much of this space. It is fabulous to step back and get the voice of the creative community and how they're seeing it and what the stories they can tell and what they can teach us. I, I We are really thrilled to be coming out to the to the International Oceans Film Festival, uh, which I'll say is March 7th through 10th in San Francisco. That's right. And there's really no better place to be celebrating the ocean than the beautiful Bay Area of California, one of the gems of the American shoreline. And, Absolutely. You know, Anna, uh, your mission and our mission here at ASPN and Coastal News Today overlap to, to a large degree. You know, we... We, we both are striving to tell the story of uh, oceans and shorelines. And I, I just, we're just thrilled to be there. I think that we have so much to learn. As Peter said, you know, these, these creative people that, that make these, these films and tell, their, tell the stories uh, are often not at the table uh, when we're talking with engineers and we're talking with tourism professionals and ports people. I mean, they're, it's just not policymakers. It's not where they are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so when you say the creative space and the creative talent, um, it is, there are a lot of different ways in which to tell the story about the ocean. So a lot of the films that we screen are from all different genres. So we do animation, we do short films, we do full length, primarily documentaries, but we have shown narrative films. Um, which I think gives the creative filmmakers an opportunity to tell their story in a format that works for them and a format that um, is appealing to an audience, but also gives them leeway in how to present a specific story. One year we showed, my first year actually, we showed a 30 second PSA about shark winning soup. And it was one of the most powerful films we've ever screened, but yet it was only 30 seconds, right? And it was a PSA. And typically we show a block of three or four films per program, but sometimes we have one film that is about 90 minutes long, if not longer. And the, the topic is so interesting and the film is so well done that we dedicate the whole program to that specific, specific message. So for anybody who's listening and wants to make a film about the ocean, there are so many different ways to do it. 
Uh, it really is uh, an opportunity to tell a story in whatever fashion works for a filmmaker or an aspiring filmmaker. We get a lot of uh, filmmakers who are photographers turn filmmakers. So um, there's just a, it's just ample opportunity to tell the story in whatever manner works for a creative type. Yeah, you know, and uh, you're totally right. One of the things that I, I wanted to ask you here is I noticed there's there's a slogan. I, I, I don't know if this is actually the the IOFF slogan or, or if this is just a, a quote that you put on your email signature, but it, it got me thinking. You, you wrote, uh, saving our oceans one film at a time. And that kind of stuck in my mind because when I think about all of these other communities that we interface with, like I said before, the engineers and the policymakers and the advocates, they all kind of have, they have a similar mission, one project at a time, one bay at a time, one policy at a time. And I think it would be really interesting. And I want to ask you how you mentioned that short film, the 32nd one, but tell me a little bit about how, uh, when you, in this festival, one film at a time, how, how are these films making a difference? Uh, you know, I think what what's, what we learned is that each film is telling a story that needs to be told. And what I like to say is the film could be about what's above the waterline and what's below the waterline. So, for example, you know, there's a wonderful film this year about a gentleman who goes um, sailing from uh, Falmouth, Massachusetts to Falmouth, England. And he does it on a 13 and a half foot boat. It's called Man Ray at Sea in the Wake of a Dream. And it's just getting such amazing attention because this gentleman did this, but he did it back in the 70s. So this was prior to uh, GPS and prior to all of the technology that we have today. And so that's the story that talks about innovation, human spirit, um, dedication, passion. And that is, is and so we get a lot of films that talk about that. Let me ask you about that one, because that one caught my attention when I was reviewing the program. Uh, and it was the fact that this had occurred back, as you say, before the technolo- technology allowed this to be a much safer enterprise. And what it called my attention to was how we are drawn to the sea and to the ocean, uh, which we see all around the U.S. and in communities that we've talked to is there is something special about how we relate to the ocean. Uh, I like to say it's the first paragraph of Moby Dick, uh, where that is the subject matter of that paragraph uh, is when Ishmael is talking about going back to sea because he is going insane and he's going to punch somebody out if he doesn't get on a boat and get out in the water where the world makes more sense. Uh, We've heard that from from our diver interview right. with ship to shore, Michael Carr, who was a, who was a, a, a career mariner and with the coast guard who talked about how the world made sense to him at sea. And when he comes back to land, it is more difficult. Um, can you talk about that? Do you see that thread? Do you, what, what do you think draws us to this space, this ocean world? You know, it's fascinating. Well, of course, you know, we've all evolved from the ocean. So we have that part that is innate in who we are as human beings. And I think anytime we go to the ocean, we sense that calmness, we sense um, pleasure, we just it, it calms us down, and just brings us back to 
uh, a place where we can be tranquil and we can feel re-energized. And you see that in a lot of different books and uh, neuroscientists are studying it, um, just how the ocean um, touches us in a way that nothing else does. Of course, being out at nature does, but the ocean, because of the water, because of the, the movement, because of the tides, it just enables us to um, be at peace when we go on the shoreline. And that's what makes the shoreline so special for all of us in the sense that it needs to be accessible, it needs to be clean, it needs to be um, inviting. And when people, no matter how people engage with the ocean, whether it's sailing or surfing or diving, uh, exploring, etc. There's so much to see and to learn about. In fact, we get people who come to the festival from the Midwest, from the inland area, because they're fascinated with what they can learn, but they also want to come and be able to put their toe in the water and touch the ocean and be next to it and look out and see the horizon and, and, and just think about what might be beyond that. So it, it, there's, it just touches us in so many different ways that it's a unique, very unique experience when you are in on, on the water or even near the ocean. It binds us all together. And uh, it's a truly a, a great uh, basis for film. But one of the things that I, I am reminded of is that any, any, any filmmaker or, or filmmaker adjacent, anybody that's watched a documentary about uh, films that take that involve the water take place in the ocean knows that it is an ex the, the film craft required to make films in and around the ocean is uh, it's a whole separate deal. I mean, underwater cinematography is a deal. Uh, you know, some of our favorite movies, some of the best movies of all time, narrative films uh, I'm thinking of in particular here, uh, take place on the water. And in fact, the ocean is, is a character. I'm thinking of course of jaws or, uh, you know, this is just the classic films. And, uh, I'm curious to know if, you know, when you're, when you gather all these ocean filmmakers together, if they're, if there's kind of a camaraderie of, Oh boy, you know, we put, we managed to deal with this, yeah. you know, making a film on the ocean. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Tell us uh, what's the buzz at the conference the film when, all, craft. when all these filmmakers get together. What does that sound like? You know, it's interesting because they get together and they do exactly that. They want to talk about, well, what did you, how did you do it? And what equipment did you use? And, and what, what was, what was your experience? You know, um, I had a filmmaker come from Switzerland and he had spent four years working on a film that took place in Tuvalu, uh, which is in the most remote port part of uh, the Pacific ocean. It was called Tule Tuvalu and it was about climate change and it was a juxtaposition between what was happening up in um, the northern part of, of Canada versus what was happening on this little island and how they were both being affected by climate change and sea level rising. And he would tell stories about the journey that it took for him to get to the island in the most remote part of the Pacific Ocean. And it took him forever, like, you know, four days, five days. So he had great stories, but they all tend to want to share stories about how challenging in making a film around the ocean or in the ocean. What surprised me was one time there was a filmmaker who did a nice film about the ocean. And um, there are some filmmakers who dedicate themselves to doing just films about the ocean or in the ocean. 
there are others who get commissioned to do a film and they go, they, it's a whole new experience for them. And they come back and they'll tell me three years later, that was the best film I ever made. I had so much fun. I miss the ocean is what they'll say. Um, so that's always, it's, it, it has a lasting impression on them. If they do it once, if they do it all the time, you're constantly learning and constantly evolving on how to better tell your story through technology or storytelling. Right. And I think it, you know, Tyler mentioned Jaws, but you can throw in Titanic or it, there's something inherently dramatic that uh, is about the sea. There's this sense of foreboding or finality, the, the risk taken, the, you know, the separateness from society. I, I just feel, you know, you see it in what inspires people uh, in the professional universe. We spend a lot of time covering uh the kind of the connection, the emotional connection to the ocean. I find that when I sit down and talk to coastal engineers or hydrologists or biologists who work on the shoreline professionally and get paid to take care of projects and design things and to respond to this space. But if you, if you, if you sit down and, and, you know, and have a beer and you talk to them about what drew you to the profession, uh, you, you start to run into that feeling you're describing um, that I think inspires the filmmakers. There's something special about it. And uh, um, it, it draws me to, I mean, the question I'd like to know is when you're in your 16th year as a festival, I, I understand that you've uh, been the director of this thing for half the time. Um, how do you make selections? What are you seeing in the creative community in their interpretation of our experiences human beings and our connection to the ocean. Is there an evolution in the subject matter over time? You know, there is actually. Um, when I first started, a lot of the films were a little more about um, some of the basic marine life, you know, the bigger animals, the, uh, the whales and the dolphins. And, you know, people are always so fascinated with hearing stories about the larger marine life. Um, and over time with technology and with advancements in, in, in cameras, et cetera, and access, accessibility, I'm seeing not only bigger subject matters, broader subject matters, um, but also um, just the where they are taking us. There's a film this year, and I won't give it away, but um, it takes a ROV to some of the most deepest, deepest, deepest parts of the ocean. And there are creatures living down there that are astonishingly beautiful at the same time, scary. And at the <laughs> yeah. same time, how does this, how does this creature live down here in the dark, in the cold? And so it's crazy and it's fun. And so when I first saw that film, you know, you put the music with it and you tell the story and I don't even know if it, I can't remember, but I don't think there's much of a narration, but it's just, you feel like you're there. So being able to go to places like that, uh, we're seeing more films that take us to more remote places and it could be something underwater. It could be a remote place. Um, you know, along a coastal line in an area that um, has yet to be discovered, or it could be beluga whales up in, you know, some of the most northern parts of Russia. And you know that the filmmakers now have better access to those locations and also have better technology 
to produce those films. And that's what I've seen the most of. And so when you have those two combination of accessibility and technology, then the the subject matter just gets even broader and more um, interesting and more in-depth and just just a crazy space of what's available and what's possible. Well, clearly IOFF has come a long way over the past uh, 16 years, Anna, and let's, uh, let's transition a little bit and talk about this year's festival. Um, let's learn about uh, the selections you made, how many uh, submissions were done, and, and how did that process go of selecting this year's docket of what I'm sure are exquisite films? So we um, open up our call for submissions online starting Jan- July 1st, which is a little early um, in the year, but we like to give filmmakers as much time as possible to submit their films and um, just knowing on the airwaves that, hey, there's this opportunity here. Um, we get a lot of submissions from all over the world. This year we had over 148 films from 35 countries, including the Solomon Islands, which was a first. <laughs> um and so the just that number of films is it's it's a lot and I'm very fortunate to have a volunteer screening committee of 10 members and we watch all the films so um and we have our our ranking sheet we meet every two weeks we discuss the films we discuss the topics we sometimes we end up discussing you know the validity of what's being claimed in terms of the science part of it so I have a good rounded out jury member selection committee that understands science, understands the ocean, understands the current issues that might be out there. And um, we review them, we talk about them. And then it's always, you know, the audio, the quality of the film, the subject matter. Have we already shown something like this? Is this a topic that's been already done too many times? Um, so there's there's all of that, which has becomes a, bigger, broader conversation, but we do have a ranking system based on certain criteria. It sounds like that would be a labor of love, but a labor, 148 submissions to the uh, festival this year from all over the world. I can imagine the hours and hours of deliberation that you guys have to go through. Uh, It's got to be, for the volunteers, a real commitment to put together a great festival every year. It is a big commitment, but it's also one that I think everyone takes such joy in seeing the films and understanding them. And we kind of have a, 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 believe me, there are people who want to be a part of that screening committee. They want to dedicate that much time. They want to be the first to see them. Um, So it is a a tremendous dedication, but at the end, um, it's about a nine-month commitment. And at the end, we come up with an amazing group of films. And it does get to the point sometimes where, you know, we start talking about a film and, you know, we start getting very, um, very committed to why we think this one should be in the festival. Um, you know, we don't come to blows, but we put on our, our, we put on our, 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 our fighting gloves, you know, and, and, and just say that, you know, here's a story that needs to be told, or if we haven't had something like this before, or the cinematography was so excellent. Um, so there's a lot of, it's a, it's a, it's a large conversation. It's based on criteria, but it's also based on people who have been doing it for a while and understand our audience and understand the issues that are out there that need to be told. So after this year's process, uh, what, what did the committee, re- uh, put forth? How many films from where? And, uh, tell us a little bit about the selections this year. 
So we have about, we're showing 55 films and they came from 13 different countries are represented. Um, some of them are world premieres. Some of them are Bay Area premieres. Um, they range in subject matter, animation, shorts, long documentaries. Um, and it's, they're just everything, something for everybody is what I like to say. Um, we always have a, a wonderful shark program on Saturday at one o'clock because people are fascinated with sharks. We also, yeah, we also have a wonderful surf night. We have a lot of surfers here in the Bay Area. So we have um, surfing films that take us all around the world, including some um, surfers who go up to the Arctic and surf up there. Um, you know, and then we get some very interesting films. There's a short one that came in from an artist in Colorado who um, does um, ice, ice, ice photos. And from her ice photos, she creates art. So um, there's a sub, there's just a, a wonderful, gr- um, wonderful group of um, subject matter that ranges from plankton to whales to um, to artwork to places in the around the world that you just wouldn't have otherwise accessed or known about. Um, we have a lot of local films. Um, the Farallon Islands are here, and they're about thirty miles east of. Um, west of san francisco and there's a yeah and there's a boat there's two films actually that are so fascinating one is the supply ship that goes from san francisco and the volunteer who takes the supplies to the scientists that are out at the farallons doing the research the other film is about a commercial diver and a very experienced commercial diver who dives by himself in the farallons which is shark infested waters and um, he actually has an encounter with a great white shark that is on film. So um, there's the local element that we like to honor and like to represent as well as um, films on the international. Wow. So 50, 55 films and 13 countries uh, over four days, right? Uh, March 7th through the 10th, which is a Thursday through Sunday. Um, so you can go to the festival, you can sit in on uh, just this vast variety of creative uh, expression about the ocean. And then I understand you have panel discussions and engagement with the people who come to the festival. Tell us about uh, what a festival goer uh, might encounter when they come to the International Ocean Film Festival in San Francisco? Well, one of the things I think the word festival implies that there's lots to do, right? And that you're going to be with a lot of other people. Um, over the four days, we get about 5,000 people who attend and every day offer something different and unique. And the panel discussions, as part of our community outreach, we make those and keep those free and open to the public. And the subject matter this year is ocean climate. Um, And the Port of San Francisco is going to be presenting issues about um, the proposed seawall that they need to build um, and what would happen to San Francisco in a major earthquake if if we didn't have the sea roll and sea level rising as a result of ocean climate change. So, uh, and how the ocean plays its role in that particular um, issue. So very excited about that one. Uh, the other panel is um, our shark panel, and we always have a shark discussion after our shark program uh, with one of our shark experts here, our local shark experts. And so 
uh, it's really a broad conversation about how we have to protect sharks from mostly from shark finning, um, but also people who have survived shark attacks because they do happen. Um, and then our last one is about um, life underwater, which is one of the uh, sustainable development goals of the United Nations number is goal number 14 and life underwater and, and, and kind of making that a focal point of discussion that needs to take place. So um, that's something. That, yeah. And so those are always free to attend. And um, I like that part of the festival. I like it that we provide a platform for people to come and have a conversation. Well, you know, that first panel about the Port of San Francisco talking about the seawall and how they're going to respond to uh, sea level rise is very interesting to me. And it's, you know, when you start talking about the ocean and you start bringing the creative community into it, you still end up in these, what I would consider a significant policy discussion about what we're doing and how we're responding to the ocean and to the shoreline and what's happening there. And uh, I, I, that's a panel I am absolutely going to attend because I think the issue that San Francisco is facing with sea level rise and what, the, what it means for the port, what it means financially for the community, what kind of investments we're talking about here. Um, that conversation is happening not just around the United States and coastal communities, but around the world. And uh, that's part of what we try to recognize on Coastal News Today and ASPN is, is it's important to look at these issues and how they're being explored in every part of the coast because you can uh, gain a lot of insight. So uh, I, I, that's a panel I can tell you, Anna, I, I'm, I'm going to that. I'm going to, it sounds so much fun. I can't wait to go. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the joy of, of my job is I get to talk to some of our team members and say, you know, what do we want to talk about this year? What do we want to present? Last year we had one and we called it women in the ocean. And it was a panel of six women who had careers in the ocean and how they got there and um, everything from a policymaker for the National Marine Sanctuaries to a teacher to a diver to, I mean, it was one of our most well-attended panel discussions. The room was just packed. So um, coming up with topics that are current that people need to talk about and want to talk about and being able to provide that is, is, is one of the most fun parts of my job that I get to do. Um, so I'm, ex I'm glad that you're excited about attending. <laughs> well, totally. And I, I have to say, if, if you are a coastal professional and the last thing that you would think about doing as a like professional conference or type, type deal, a trade show would be to go to a film festival. Think again. Right. Uh, all too often, we overlook the, these corners and there's so much information and inspiration to be found at a at a um, film festival like ioff and just just as an example when we were at the asbpa conference uh in galveston texas uh last fall uh one of the coolest displays was a virtual reality tour of the mississippi river delta and I understand that you this year at IOFF are uh, going to have a VR experience. Will you tell us a little bit about it? 
Yeah, yes, I'm very excited about this. So we have um, on Sunday from 10 to uh, 2 p.m. at the Firehouse, which is a dedicated building on the campus of Fort Mason. We're going to be showing two VR films. Both of them happen to be about coral reefs. And if you've been following the story of coral reefs, there's massive worldwide bleaching of coral reefs. And these two filmmakers, we have a couple coming from Germany who who are becoming kind of a specialist in um, 360 VR films of the ocean, of coral reefs specifically. Um, so they have a U.S. premiere of a film entitled 360 Coral Reefs, Life Below the Surface. And then the other one is also a world premiere, and it's done by a very young um, Ph.D. scientist here in the Bay Area, actually from the Bay Area. And she did a collaboration with the California Academy of Sciences to do a VR film about protecting coral reef. And we're showing both of those um, jointly um, any during the day on Sunday. And the idea is you just come and, you know, we'll have the headsets and they will both be there. All of the filmmakers will be there to talk about how they did their film, to talk about the importance of creating VR films. And they will be on hand to um, actually show you how to use, do the VR experience. A lot of people are new to it, um, but it just enables you to take a, a journey underwater that most people don't have or have a chance to do and tell the story of Coral Reef along the way. So we're very excited about not only the films, but also they, them as, as the filmmakers who can tell us this because they essentially evolved from classic filmmaker roles to a new medium, a new technology, and also a new audience. Totally. And that technology in particular uh, will be increasingly important. It will allow us to take a stroll down a shoreline project that hasn't been built yet and feel what it's like or see what it's like to see the seas higher, see what it, w what it would be like to relate to that space. Because right. when you're in the virtual reality space, you become immersed in a way that is really powerful and extremely useful. So again, to our, uh, to our friends out there across the coastal space, try to make it to this darn thing. This is going to be a great film festival and there will be, uh, we, of course, we will be doing podcasts there, which which we'll talk about here in a second. But uh, and we're absolutely thrilled to cover it. But, you know, do yourself a favor and be there in person. It's it's going to be awesome. And I I'll go ahead and just guarantee that you'll come away with some insight that you did not have some inspiration that you not did not have before that will make you better at your job. And that's uh, that's that's an important element here in why we want to come and bring IOFF to our audience. Um, I, I want to we'll we'll pivot back into that. But Anna, I want to I want to highlight there's another another really awesome uh, reason why people should come to IOFF. And that is uh, it's in the beautiful city of San Francisco. But it's also at an incredible venue uh, between Fort Mason and the Roxy Theater. And you mentioned the Firehouse. Tell us a little bit about these venues and why they're uh, they're so special. Yeah, oh, happy to. Um, so Cowell Theater, we started out at Cowell Theater when we did our first projection in 2004. 
And Cowell is at the end of Pier Number 2 at Fort Mason Center for Arts and Culture. And Fort Mason used to be a fort, um, and it has evolved into an event space. There's restaurants. Um, there's all kinds of opportunities. There's museums. There's stores. There's, it's just become an activation point, if you will. Uh, the San Francisco Art Institute is there, and it's a 400-seat theater that has a wonderful large lobby as well. And we had to leave back in 2008, and we went to our friends at the Aquarium of the Bay and hosted the film festival there for about four years while they were renovating Cowell Theater. Now we came back to Cowell Theater, and it's just a magical, beautiful place. You walk outside, you can walk around the pier. You're looking out onto the bay. You see the bridge. You can see Alcatraz. You are right there on the water, which makes it so special, which makes it um, so uh, such a perfect place with the bay as the backdrop for us. Um, and we've we've expanded into the Roxy Theater, which is in the Mission in San Francisco, which is an independent film house. It's an art film house and great people to work with, about a 200-seat theater. We have a screening there on Saturday at 1.30 really love working with them it's our second year working with them you can stop in and get a burrito in the mission (laughs) which i would highly recommend (laughs) there's a lot of things you can do in the mission and so it's a great way to spend the day and then stop and go see the films and on the um and and just stay in the mission it's it's a wonderful space um and then we also decided to take the films up to marin county so you cross the golden gate bridge and we are at the smith Raphael film center which is um, a real film festival type theater, three theaters there. We're partnering with them. We're showing uh, Man Ray at Sea on Friday afternoon. And then on Saturday night at 7 p.m., we're showing Chasing the Thunder, which is a story of sea shepherds, which we showed already in San Francisco prior, it was earlier uh, in 2018 and had such an amazing turnout that we wanted to show it again. We wanted to show it at a different venue, capture different audience and uh, the Smith Raphael was super excited about partnering with us. So the idea of taking films to other locations and making it more accessible. And eventually we will expand to the East Bay and, and, and the South Bay as well. We just find that so many people come to the film festival, but we also like to want to take it to them as of well. Of course. Yeah. Well, you know, San Francisco, one of the great American coastal cities, and of course, San Francisco Bay if you haven't been, it is a spectacular bay system and a spectacular city. Um, and to spend three or four days immersing yourself literally uh, in the ocean uh, is is a real treat. And I, I agree with Tyler. That it, it's entertaining, of course. You're going to learn something, of course. But what it really is, and I think why this is so important, is it inspires us to think about the magnitude of the issues and what we are doing in the ocean and on the shoreline. Uh, We're a big force on the planet, us human beings, and this is a place where our impact is pretty vivid. And uh, it's important that people uh, gain a deeper appreciation of that because I think over the next 10 years, we are going to see increasing pressure to try to respond to uh, the impacts that we're having. And the film festival is sort of the fuel for that discussion. It's to remind us of what it's 
what's happening in a way that connects to our emotions and our passion and what's going to make us sit through, you know, hours of public hearings about a particular project <laughs> and do something good about it. I think it's absolutely critical uh, that people reconnect to this space in the way that uh, these uh, filmmakers and artists can do for us. Exactly. And it's, um, and I think you, you said it correctly. I think until you immerse yourself in an opportunity like this, where you can see so many different subject matters about the ocean, I don't think you really can comprehend um, how humans are impacting what, how we treat the ocean, how we have to protect it. And we're able to do that through conversation and through film. One of the films we showed last year was The Last Plastic Straw. And um, uh, it, the film itself was called Straws. It was inspired by The Last Plastic Straw. And it was, it was the most impactful film we had last year in terms of people understanding that we can't use plastic straws, how much they damage the wildlife, how much they damage the ocean. And so this this tremendous conversation that just ballooned into restaurants switching to paper straws to uh, across the country, cities that are demanding that restaurants um, go to paper straws. So I think the, one, of, one of the other um, byproducts, if you will, of the film festival is when you see legislation occurring because of a subject matter that has been brought to more people's attention through the power of film. And that's a perfect example. That's a, that is a great example because I remember when we were just launching up ASPN, we were following stories about the, the straw band movement kind of, we could see it sweeping across the country first in Malibu. And then you see it popping up in Florida and kind of spreading up into the, the Northeast and, you know, film has a way, there's a reason why these corporations spend all those millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads. <laughs> the The audiovisual uh, components, when, uh, when organized thoughtfully and, and done right, the way a good film project does it, is powerful. It is really powerful. And it, it the, the resonance that a... A, a well-made film can have uh, is is well transcends even the people who uh, will see it at this festival. It will it will spread like wildfire, and that's uh, that's one of the reasons why I think uh, when you say saving the ocean one film at a time, that's that's no joke. Uh, that is actually part of your mission, I know, and it's it's what the power of story, it's the power of film, kind of manifest there. Uh, let's, let's, let's circle right on back here, Anna. Um, I, I know we, we've gone through a little bit about some of the venues and, and what, what's on tap here, but let's, let's just recap it, go through the, the four days of the festival, uh, and what attendees can expect. Perfect. So on, so everything starts on Thursday, uh, March 7th, um, and we do have, I like to point this out, um, that we do have an education program where we bring Bay Area middle school and high school students to the festival. We provide busing, which is always a challenge for schools, but we fundraise for buses for the kids to come and see the films for free. So we have about 1,500 kids coming from throughout the Bay Area to see the films, which is electrifying, exciting to see 400 
very highly active kids, um, all of a sudden they just become captivated by what they see on the screen, which leads to better ocean literacy in schools. And that's another um, initiative that we're taking on as well. Um, Thursday is our opening night. So we have Sharkwater Extinction and Near Miss, um, two films about great white sharks, which is fascinating. Um, Opening night is the one by uh, the late Rob Stewart. Uh, It's a Canadian film, and it's all about um, sharks and protecting sharks and reducing the amount of shark finning that takes place around the world. So we have um, a, a tribute to him as well as a nice opening night to kick everything off. Uh, we also announce our Volunteers of the Year, which is new for us. We used to wait till the end of the festival, and we thought we'd start off this year by recognizing and acknowledging uh, some of the people who make this possible. Um, um, day two, Friday, we have a screening at the Smith Raphael up in Marin. Day two, Friday, is also our um, surfing night at 7 o'clock, so... It's a, it's, we just have such a good time um, because it sells out. There's such a strong surfing community. We have a short film about a group that is taking mostly Hispanic and African-American kids out surfing down in Pacifica, which is a local beach here, but giving them access and exposure to surfing and having it change their lives, literally. That's a, always an exciting program for us. And incidentally, that's at Cowell Theater. In addition to that, um, that is the night that Off the Grid, which is our local food truck scene, opens up at Fort Mason. So not only can you come and tour every all 20 food trucks that happen on Friday night, it's their opening night for the season, um, you can catch some great surfing. So it's, um, sounds it's, like a, it sounds it's a like a blast, Anna. It's a lot of fun. They do great, great. So you can grab a bite to eat and then walk in and see some films. It's really, really fun. Um, Saturday is all day Saturday, 10, 1, 4, and 7 p.m. screenings at Cowell. We have the screening at the Roxy at 1.30 as well. But um, one of the things I like to highlight about Saturday and Sunday's program at Cowell Theater is we invite what we call our ocean heroes. And it's tabling opportunities for about 40 nonprofits in the Bay Area that are all doing something um, related to the ocean. So it could be just a, a surf rider. It could be um, people who are um, talking about the ocean. I can't even name all the different groups, but we have a lot of groups that come and they're just trying to tell people what's happening here uh, in the Bay Area with relation to the ocean and what their part is and what they're doing. Could be coral reef restoration, turtles, salmon, you name it. But not only does does a festival goer get to experience the film they get to learn about other organizations. They can volunteer. They can sign up to participate. They can become members of those groups. So we have a really good following. And so running out of space, actually, for all the ones who want to participate. So uh, it's a good problem to have. Um, yeah. And then um, so so films all day on Saturday. And then on Sunday, one of my favorite programs, and I do like to announce as in every opportunity that we can, the time changes on Saturday night. So be sure and <laughs> set your clock and so that you can 
Are we, are we springing forward? Is that what we're yes, doing? We are, That's what we're doing. We are springing forward, and we've gotten used to it. But if you don't, if you're not aware, it can uh, you can arrive? Um, I guess it's late or early. I can't remember which way it goes, but. Uh, I think you'd be an hour late. I think you'd, really? you know, you'd miss everything, right? So yeah. well, one o'clock yeah. if you show up at one. Yeah, okay. Exactly. You got to spring. Yes. You got to spring. You got to spring. You got to spring out of bed and come on down. It's um, our student film competition. It's our eighth annual competition. Um, I started it my first year, actually, and it's an opportunity for middle school and high school kids from around the world to tell their story about the ocean. And we've got over, uh, I'd say, 65 submissions from about 13 different countries. And these are middle school and high school students, and they have a message. It's fascinating, their perspective about how we need to change our behaviors and talk about how we're going to protect the ocean. And they're talking about, not for their generation, they're talking about their future generations so that's it, it's so much fun again it's free to attend we give out cash prizes we show the top 15 finalists uh they're listed on our website to give you an idea of the subject matter and um where they're coming from and a lot of them come to the festival that's very exciting and then our closing film at 4 p.m is called lobster war uh, a wonderful film west coast premiere about lobster fishing off the coast of the United States and Canada in the Atlantic Ocean. So that's our closing film um, at 4 p.m. Can't wait. And we're going to get a chance to sit down with these filmmakers. Anna, we thank you so much for inviting uh, ASPN out to the festival. Uh, it looks spectacular. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be there. I think we're going to not only are we going to get immersed, but we're going to hopefully be able to bring some of the the tone and the feeling and the insight that comes from the International Ocean Film Festival to our listeners on ASPN. Uh, so we're just real grateful and really looking forward to it. I'm so excited to have you guys here. So thank you for this opportunity. And I look forward to having you here. Yes. Before we go, Anna, tell us about uh, where folks can learn more about IOFF. So the best place to go is our website, which is intloceanfilmfest.org. Um, we're also very active on all of our social media channels. Facebook is um, INTL Ocean Film Fest, um, as well as Twitter um, and Instagram. I have a great team of social media strategists that are just every single day there's something out there. You can learn a lot about the films themselves, the speakers, the guests, through our social media channels. And then the entire program is on online at our uh, website. Again, intloceanfilmfest.org. Wow. Anna Lenko, Executive Director of the International Ocean Film Festival, March 7th through 10th in the great city of San Francisco. Thank you for being on the American Shoreline podcast today, and we look forward to seeing you out in San Francisco. Good times around again. Getting my car and going too far. Never coming back again.